Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Well, we're in this talk that we kicked off last week entitled, You Ever Listen to Yourself? Now, I want you to take a minute because here's the thing. We're very good at listening to everybody else. How they talk, what they said about us. <laughs> Can I go ahead and dive into the deep end for a second? Some of you charismatics, you ever been the confession police? Oh, you shouldn't say that. It's a bad confession. <laughs> Listen, the first thing about confession, you got to believe what you're saying. Not that your words cannot manipulate your soul, they can. If you keep saying dumb stuff, your soul conforms to that at some point. <laughs> so, let's unpack this today, all right? As sons and daughters of God, this is the first thing. I, I think that so often what happens to a lot of us is that we don't grasp the realities of who we are as born-again people. We are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. My question is, does it matter what you say? How you talk about your life? Let me phrase it like this. Is there a language of the kingdom of heaven? Now, I'm not talking about your spiritual prayer language. That's a, that is a different thing that God has blessed us with. I am talking about the way the kingdom of heaven communicates and talks. Remember Jesus, I told you this last week, Jesus said, I only say what I saw from, from the Father. He went a step further. He said, as a matter of fact, I only do what I see the Father do. So for us today, would it benefit us to try to copy Jesus? Y'all gonna help me with this? You're just gonna look at me with your church face this morning. Huh? Let's think about it for a second. If you go to the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus says this, you go make disciples. Now, this is something that the, the American church really, we, we, we haven't been as successful in this arena as we would like to think we are. We're, we're good at going after a convert, Man, we had a full house today. Well, that's great, but what are you doing on Monday? How about Thursday night? On your way home from work and you had a hectic day and traffic is crazy. I was on my motorcycle yesterday and I'm cruising about, well, I was on the bypass, so I was, you know, I was cruising. And all of a sudden, this little car pulls out in front of me. That's one thing if I'm in my tundra. But when you're on a motorcycle, it's a different world. And so I'm able to get over. Fortunately, there was nobody in the other lane. And I'm getting ready. I mean, I'm on my Harley, so I'm not the, you know, I don't have a smile shirt on. And I pull up beside the little car, and it's a young girl in there. And on the door, it says, student driver. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to become the teacher, and then I'm like, <laughs> and the Lord checked me right there, you know, because I'm sure, because I mean, I was on her, because I'm rolling, and then all of a sudden, I whip around her, and sometimes, I don't know if you do this or not, you ever whip around them, but you still stay close to them when you come, just me and, just, thank you, just me and Andy do that, bunch of lying church people, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I realized, uh-oh, you know, she, she's still learning, and I probably just freaked her out. You know, I know. But I, di I didn't do anything else. I just went on. Sometimes, even our nonverbal communication really speaks loudly. And see, Jesus told us to go and make disciples. What's that mean? He said, you teach them 
everything I commanded you. Everything, Jesus? Well, let's, let's get into it. Matthew chapter 12. Those of you that brought your Bible, let's go there. I'm looking for a new Bible that's got bigger print so I don't have to put glasses on. <laughs> right? What verse did I tell you to go to? I thought y'all would remember from last week. Anyway, in, uh, Jesus is talking about a tree is known by its fruit. It's Matthew 12, verse, uh, let me find it. No, I'm, I want to go back some. Verse uh, 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad because the tree is known by its fruit. And then he says this, y'all are so wonderful. Now, verse 34, those of you that have a Bible, what's he say? Brood of vipers. How can you be an evil, speak good things, for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I used to say it like this, whatever you're full of comes out. So what are you full of? Huh? You're full of something. Every one of you. All of us are. And a lot of times it's when the pressure gets on that whatever's in you comes out. And then Jesus says this in verse 36, but I say to you that every idle word. I think this is a little extreme on Jesus's part. Seriously, every, every idle word. Do, do you all understand there is a judgment day coming? Now, I'm not talking about the judgment of the world. You won't be part of that. Unless you're not born again, then you most definitely will be. So fix that today, okay? But for the born again, there is a judgment seat of Christ coming for you. And on that day, he says <laughs> every idle word. Remember I told you this last week, that word idle, it means non-working. It's a, it's a non-working word. It's useless. How many of you just run your mouth and just talk stuff that's useless? <laughs> Thanks, Kay. We're all guilty of it, man. This is, why, this is why the Bible teaches us that we should be quick to hear, slow to speak. Just like in traffic. It's not like the little girl could have hurt me on, on my bike. It's loud. But, you know, I wanted to say something. Slow to speak. Because you will give an account. For by your words, guys, we, the church does not comprehend this reality. By your words, you will either be justified or condemned by what you say. You see, when it comes to what God is teaching us about this subject, Paul reminds us, and this is, some of this is just quickly reviewing, maybe not so quickly, but we need review anyway. But he's reminding us that we are to speak a certain way. In the book of Romans, he actually says that the righteousness of God speaks this way. In Romans 10, we said this last week, we showed it to you. Romans 10 verse 8, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And you believe in your heart, huh, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. What is that righteousness? Right standing. You can't earn it. You have to believe it. It's a free gift already paid for. That, that was Wendy's point that she was talking about what Jesus did on the cross. Already paid for. You remember the story last week we were talking about Lowe's already has the stuff for the project. You, you're not getting God to move. God's already moved. He came here. He hung on the cross. He died. He got out of a grave. That, his part is done. Ours is to learn how to access that world. And faith is how you do that. And it starts by believing. You believe unto righteousness with your heart and with your mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. And then Paul goes on to say this in that same passage in Romans 10. 
So whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. But then he says this, but how can they call on the Lord if they don't believe? And how can they believe if they don't hear? Because faith comes from hearing. See, this is why it's important that you not only come in here and get a Holy Spirit-inspired word to remind you of things, but throughout your week you have consistent time with the Lord's word, allowing it to develop your thinking. See, here's the thing. As a disciple, I want you to get this this morning. As a disciple, until our thinking is aligned with Christ, there's no way our believing is going to be right. See, I've talked to people, man, I've been doing this for a minute now, and I, over the years I've talked to people, and, and we, we in the church, I'm not talking about people in the world, they, they don't know the things of God. We're supposed to know them, but we're all at different places, and, and, and you know, God's not upset with any of that, but what he's looking for in our journey is someone that can get to the place where they're convinced in what you believe, because until your thinking's right, your believing's not going to be right. And you all know, every one of us, we all live within the boundaries of our belief system. I talk to people all the time, and they do goofy stuff because of something they believe. And it's over years, you've developed different habits and things because of something you believe. See, I'm learning new habits now. I haven't accepted it yet, but, you know, I'm learning that Certain foods, are, they, they mess with me. And so when I, when I don't eat them, I do better. Well, this weekend I wanted to test my theory. <laughs> yeah, why are y'all laughing at that? Because you already know, epic failure. I, I ate this stuff, and I mean, we, we had even got five minutes from the restaurant. Oh, I could feel it. Can, you, can food mess with you like that? I mean, you can, re, you can rebuke the devil all you want. I'm, I'm, I was fine until I ate. Yeah. There are things that as you grow in your faith and your beliefs starts to change, you change. That's by design. God built us this way. This is what Romans wants us to understand. Not just Romans, several scriptures, they talk about us aligning. Once our believing gets dialed in, we align our talking with our believing. That's Paul's point in Romans. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You remember last week we talked about uh, where uh, the, the apostle James, he said, indeed, we all make many mistakes. But if we could control our tongue, Huh? Y'all don't like that one, do you? If we could control our tongue, we would be these perfect people. And then he goes on to say this, that the mouth, it's like the bit in a horse's mouth. It's like the rudder on a ship. That's what Jesus is talking about with our words. Proverbs says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And you will eat the fruit of what you say. So, you ever listen to yourself? How much negativity flows up out of you? How much unbelief? How much religious tradition? How much ignorance? We think we know, but we really didn't know, but we said it anyway. You ever acted real confident about something you thought you knew something about and then you realized that you, you, you didn't? Okay, I, I was wondering if y'all was going to leave me hanging on that. Yeah, well, I've done that many times. I've done that as a preacher. You know, you get up and you see a scripture and you teach it and then you realize when you get some further revelation, well, that's not really what, yeah. This is why it's important for us as believers, guys, to take the time with God's word, not out of some legalistic religious thing, but we as believers, we need a better comprehension of the spiritual birth, of the life of the spirit, what it actually means to be born again, born of a different kingdom. You do understand the Apostle Paul makes it clear, you're a new creation in Christ. Now, obviously not your humanity. That didn't change. There will be a day that you'll put on your, your new uh, immortal cacao, all that. 
I mean, I'll have, I'll have hair, every, every new, a different hairstyle every day. I'll have my own stylist in heaven. Yeah, right. But for now, we have to understand we are born of that world right now. Not a religious world. Not legalism and obligations, but a new way of living. And in that new world, there are laws that govern that world. <clears throat> Just like there are laws that govern this natural realm. And so when you're talking about something, you're hearing the word of God come to you. Hearing, this is why Paul said in Romans, faith comes from hearing. You got to get this. Hearing is a spiritual law. Just like gravity is a creation law. Hearing is a spiritual law. Faith comes from hearing. Your spirit is nourished and developed, and if you allow enough of it, it will transform you into this new person on the outside that you look like on the inside. That being said, it reminds me, and you've heard me talk about the logos and the rhema. These are Greek words that we get our word, word from. But logos is the written, or even the spoken that somebody said, but the rhema is the revealed revelation of God. You know, you've seen the scripture, you've heard the scripture dozens of times, and then one day it comes off the page and it clicks and you're like, oh, I see that now. And then you go tell your friends and they're like, what? Or like, well, you just now getting that? Yeah. When the rhema comes, that, that, that's the revelation that happens in Romans 10 when you believe and you confess. And just like Romans 10 makes it clear that when that revelation, when that rhema of God shows up, speaking is required. So when you get a revelation of God doing something for you, speaking is required. This is why Jesus said, the things I do you can do. Remember last week we talked about the example of Jesus spoke to a tree. <clears throat> if you go look at that story in Matthew 21, Jesus actually tells his disciples, and you can do this also. Are you a disciple? Then you can do it. Jesus spoke to stuff. I was thinking about it this morning. Thinking about Jesus and some of the things he did because he told us to follow him. In Matthew 28, he said that when we make a disciple, we're to teach him to do everything that he taught his first group. Well, I was thinking about the whole deal with Peter's mother-in-law. You know, when you look at that story, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the thing I love, I love about Luke's version of it, the Bible says that Jesus, when he walked into the room, he went over to Peter's mother-in-law and he spoke to fever. Now, let's stop for a second, okay? How many of us, if one of our children or something, they're, they're sick and our, our first thing is speak to a fever? Now, we, look, we go to the medicine cabinet. We, 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 we look up WebMD. Don't ever. <laughs> Unless you want the spirit of fear to call, come all up on you. <laughs> huh? We do everything but what Jesus told us to do. Speak to, is he for real? <laughs> See, some of y'all are like, wait, what? Jesus spoke to a fever? He spoke to a fever. Here, here's, the, here's the other side of the equation. This is the deep end of the pool right here. Does fever listen? Huh? Well, go look at the story. The Bible says immediately, she got up and served the people. I guess fever can hear. If a tree can hear. Huh? Now, getting to the, now here's the thing. Let's go back to Ramah. You can't just, well, I heard the preacher say this, so I'm going to try it. That's not revelation. That's not the same thing. You stepping out and trying something because you heard the preacher or you read an article or you heard somebody's tape or, well, not tape, that's old school, you know. I just, I just, I just dated myself there. Tape. Y'all remember, y'all remember uh, tape series? You had, you, had a, you had your seat full of tape series, cassettes, huh? Yeah. Listen, I, I can go back further than that. Now, these weren't teaching stuff back then. These were eight tracks. Y'all remember the Pioneer Super Tuner under the dash? Roger, yeah? I know somebody like, what is he, where'd he go with all this? I, I, I had a flashback, man. I, I mean, I had some Leonard Skinner in my eight track. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, 
you're supposed to be spiritual. Okay, well, pray for a brother, okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I was talking about that led me to that. I said something about a tape series that we listen to stuff. Whatever it is that you hear, until it becomes a revelation in you, you stepping out and trying it, all that does is hurt your faith because you don't believe it yet. What's the key? Believe in your heart, then say it. That's why I hear people make this statement. Well, I sure hope I go to heaven. You hope, but let's fix that right now. I'm, I'm not, there, there's no hope I'm, go, I'm going. I know. I know him. I hope I got saved that day. Uh-uh, no. I'm not hoping any of that. I know I did. And on the other side of my biggest failure, some of my biggest mistakes, that's when the enemy comes. Boy, you sure didn't look saved today. Definitely didn't act saved, didn't sound saved. Are you sure you're saved? I'm saved. See, this is the thing. You have to get some of these things fixed in you. That's the revelation. Once you get to that place, you think about, now these are spiritual law. Not only is hearing spiritual law, speaking is spiritual law. It may not make sense to you intellectually. Preacher, are you telling me that I should speak to my body? I am 100% telling you that. But you've got to get the revelation of it first. You actually have to believe if you speak to your body, if you speak the word of God. Now, you just can't say anything. But if one of my teachers used to tell me this all the time, if you will say what God says, God will do what you say. Let, Let me say that again. If you will say what God says, God will do what you say. See, some of y'all should have been writing that down. That, if, if you will say what God says, God will do what you say. Now, the key to that, it still has to be revelation. Because how many of you, you've seen, I remember I'd just gotten saved, John, I think it's John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm abiding in Jesus. And I step out, and I'm like, Jesus, on, on the, according to John 15, 7, boom. I'm still waiting on it. You know why? No revelation. Even though I do abide in him, his word doesn't abide in me at that level yet. Are y'all getting, the, you getting this? These are spiritual laws. Let, now remember last week we used the whole low story to try to get you to see an, a, a natural world, spiritual world. Let's, let's go back to the natural world again. You take a look at some of the natural laws for a second. Gravity, it, it works all the time. If, you're, if you don't believe me, come up on the stage. Y'all ever used to do the trust test and, and somebody catch you? <laughs> yeah, gravity works, man. You know, but but I, was thinking about, I was thinking about electricity. You, you take, you know, you take, I, I, I know John was telling me the other day, he got, he got bit. Y'all know what I mean by bit? You got shocked. The electric got you. See, electric doesn't know any better. It's a, it's a, it's a natural law. Electric flows through certain things. Like if you're building a house, copper is one of the favorite things. Electric loves copper. It'll flow right through it. But if you take copper, if you take that copper wire and you attach it here and attach it here, the circuit is broke. It won't flow. But you being grounded and you go grab a wire that's hot, it'll let you, because you're grounded, it'll let you know real quick. It'll, (laughs) how many of you been shocked? Wow, a lot of you, okay. <laughs> then you know, see, guys, here's the thing. Electricity, it's, it's a law. You don't have to go to the electric company. Oh, electric company. Send your power, electric company. You know, you know what you got to do? You got to operate within the laws that, that govern electricity. What's that mean? You got to pay your bill. And then you got to flip the switch and electric flows. See, electrics, guys, electricity isn't picking and choosing who does or doesn't get to experience it. This is how people look at God, though. They think God's picking and choosing. Oh, yeah, you get it. Uh, you get uh, d- Definitely not you. No, not you. That's what people think, though. 
Well, for some reason, God didn't give it to me. These are spiritual laws, just like natural laws. You have to line up with how they work. Electricity works. I'm sure Noah, man, he would have loved some power tools. Well, electricity, the law of electricity was there then. We just didn't have the technology, the, the, the skill. Are you with me? There are things spiritually that you and I, we have to learn how to operate in that world. We try to bounce back and forth too much. You are a new creation in Christ. That's what Paul means when old things are gone. He doesn't mean, any, he's not talking to this natural world. You are still here in this natural world. You're just no longer of this kingdom anymore. So you have to learn how to navigate that world while still housed in this human body. And it takes transformation. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now this passage in 2 Corinthians 4 is really pretty interesting. I better look at that one. I have a tendency to go too fast, Cody, my bad. Cody, he was telling me last week, he said, man, you throw these scriptures out and you don't even give us a chance to find them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll, back in the day, I'll, you, you also say amen when you got it. Let me know you got it, right? But now there's a whole lot going. Let me read verse 13 and then we'll unpack this a little bit. He says this, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what was written... What's that mean? That's the Bible. According to what was written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Now, if you look at this whole account in chapter 4, what you will see is that Paul and his disciples, they have been brutally tortured, abused, harassed. People are persecuting them. And he's saying, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what I'm dealing with, regardless of my situation, I'm going to say what the Bible says. <clears throat> I think about Paul sometimes because he would wind up in a situation and I'm like, Paul, why didn't you just speak to that situation? Because the Bible tells us to speak. According to what was written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. You see, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the challenge, we're not going to, this is what Paul's saying. Guys, I've been through all of this stuff. We've been abused. We've been, we've been shipwrecked. All, he lists all these different things. He said, but because of what we do, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to continue to say what I believe. You think about it, you know, nobody, if you watch Paul's life, nobody <laughs> is going to go through some of the stuff they went through if they don't believe something. I know a lot of people in church, but no, I'm out. Not doing that. See, anybody can talk a good game. Yeah. Paul says it like this, I did not come to you with persuasive words, but in the demonstration of power. See, Paul knew who he was in Christ. He didn't let the situation, the circumstances. Let me just show you something in this passage real quick, and then we'll move on. Because he says in, the, in chapter 4, verse 18, while we do not look at the thing which is seen, but at the thing which is unseen. For the thing which is seen... It's temporary, but the thing that's unseen is eternal. What? How you look at the thing? Don't look at what you see. What, what are you talking about, Paul? Huh? You have to look with your eyes of faith. You have to look at what God says about you. Paul says in Romans, what if somebody does not believe? Will their unbelief make your faith, the faithfulness of God without effect? Absolutely not. I love this statement right here. Paul says this. Let God be true and every man be a liar. See, this is the thing that you and I have to come to terms with. God's word is true. What he's looking for us is that we come to the place where we accept it, we agree with it, and we begin to walk in it. That's why Jesus told us that, you know, the words that he speaks, they're spirit. 
It's not just information, you all. His words are spirit and they are life. And he wants us speaking words of the spirit. He wants us talking spiritual talk. Not religious talk. Revelation. The right thing ought to be coming out of our mouth. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we should have no corrupt communication to come out of our mouth. Now you think about this for a second. He's not just talking about dirty language. He's not not talking about all you cussers. (laughs) It got got real quiet. A lot lot of times somebody say, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. amen, Pastor, yeah. I know. Even though you're not supposed to do that, you're not supposed to have filthy language coming out of your mouth. You're not. I know some of y'all think, well, in the 21st century, it's just who I am. Well, just who you are needs to change. You don't have to talk that way. I, I learned early on, depending on who's in the room, you don't talk that way. I guarantee you, if you got offered the dream job that you wanted and you went in for your interview and you're like, oh, blankety blank, bleep, bleep. You had to have a little beeper with your, you not, you not are you? C- come on, you're not talking like that in the interview. Why is that? Because you can Control this thing. But that's not what Paul's talking about. He said, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth except what is good for edification, that grace may be imparted to the hearer. You are a speaking spirit. And when you're speaking the things of God over someone's life, over their situation, you're speaking life to them. That word life, when Jesus said, my words are spirit and life, that word in the Greek is zoe. It's the God kind of life. You're speaking God life to people. When you speak to them, this is what he wants us to understand. His words are truth. They are flawless. They are proven. And they are life to those who find it. See, ultimately, guys, you got to get this, though. Believing is a choice. Y'all doing okay? And one of the first responsibilities of a disciple is choosing to acknowledge God's word is truth. Here's what, we, here's what we like to say, though. Well, I don't know about that. Well, that's just your interpretation of that. That's your opinion of that. No, Peter says there is no private interpretation of the Scriptures. There's truth, and then there's, I don't know. See, I think a lot of the body of Christ just needs to be humble enough to say, I don't know. See, for, for some of you all, when you're trying to witness and share the gospel with people, I don't know is a lot better than fake it till you make it. Just tell them, you know what, I really don't know, but I know people that, that can help me with this. Let me get back with you. Yeah, just be honest with people. Quit trying to press somebody. God created us to live a particular way. You're built to live by faith. You're a new, you're a new man. You're designed this way, and faith talks a certain way. Don't talk all the unbelief. Don't talk all the doubt all the time. Now, I'm not saying don't, I'm not Back to what I made a, a joke of earlier. Don't be the confession police. Well, you shouldn't say that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But once you get this revelation, you check yourself. Don't check other people. Don't talk like that. Oh, you should say this. Say it. Well, what if it's not a revelation? If it's not, then you're just making noise. You're built to live by faith. You ever thought about this statement? The Apostle Paul said, Guys, we are supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. What the heck does that mean? Does it mean like Ricky Bobby and you just got to be one with the car, with the blindfold on? (laughs) Did the preacher just quote Ricky Bobby? I know. You have to forgive him, brother. But in that scene, he puts a blindfold on his dad wants him to drive the car, and he drives him to a neighbor's house, right? That's not what Paul's talking about, walking by faith, not by sight. Don't let your life be governed by the things that you see. Don't let the outside stuff move you. See, the the thing is, guys, when you look at something like Mark 11, and you hear Jesus say things like that, you have to get to the place where you've got it settled inside you. In Mark eleven twenty four, 24, he says, when you pray, believe 
you receive it. And what? And you'll have it. Guys, he didn't tell us to see if we received it. He didn't tell us to feel if we received it. He said what? Believe it. You have to believe that you receive it. You have to believe when you go to God about something. So we've got to get our mind made up on some of these things because we hear teachings like this and then we just step out and try it and we get frustrated because we don't see the same results that, that you see in Jesus' life. Jesus spoke to a fever and fever left. He spoke to a tree, a tree obeyed him. He spoke to storms, storms obeyed him. One of the biggest pushbacks I continually get from people, yeah, but that was Jesus. I know there's a bunch of you, you were taught that. Listen, if Jesus did what he did as God, then we can't be a disciple and do the same things he did because we're not God. He didn't do them as God. He did them as son of man. Now, 100% God. But he laid deity aside. The book of Philippians makes it very clear. He laid deity aside and took on humanity. And having become human, he stayed human. He didn't operate. That's why... Thank you, Lord. That's why in Luke, he was telling the Pharisees of that day, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Wait a minute. I thought you are. Aren't you the spirit? Aren't you God? Yes, but in this humanity, I've left that aside, and God had to anoint me. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus. You mean Jesus had to be anointed? According to the Bible, yes, with the same Holy Spirit that he anoints us with. So the whole, yeah, but... You gotta, you gotta get rid of that. Yeah, but that was Jesus stuff. The only yeah, but that was Jesus that he did that we can't do is the cross. Everything else, according to John chapter fourteen verse twelve, anybody who believes in me, who does what, who does what, believe. Say believe. believe. See, this is the thing. You got to get your believing dialed in. Anybody that believes in me and the works that I do, he will do. Now, did he mean that? So when you step out and try it and you don't get the same results, yeah, but that was Jesus. Because we resort right back to that same kind of unbelieving junk, those religious traditions. Jesus is showing us the way. He wants us to step out. But it starts with believing. So spend enough time with Jesus that your believing gets dialed in a little bit. See, the harsh reality is this, guys. When circumstances, when, uh, when situations, when wrong thoughts, when the opinions of other people, when they, when they don't agree with what God says, it, it's in those times that you practice saying what your father said. I don't really see how you're going to come out of this. Yeah, but my father says this. Well, it sure doesn't look good for you right now. Yeah, but God says this. God says I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Well, it sure doesn't look like it. Well, I'm not walking by what it looks like. I'm telling you what my father said. And my father said I'm the head and not the tail. But, but guys, you have to get to the place where you talk that when the storm is in your face. And everything looks like it's going south, and, there's, and I'm not talking about on vacation. It's not going right for you. It's on those moments that you stand up and you say what God says. God will come through for you. He will provide. He will do things supernaturally. But make no mistake, your believing is a major key to this. It's how you're built to live. It is the only way into the kingdom. You have to believe it. Say, I believe it. You got to believe this stuff. One of my favorite stories. I'll get you out of here with this. I know when BJ gets up here, we got to kind of, you know, at least close in number one. Matthew chapter 8. I don't know, Cody. Maybe my, maybe my eyesight's getting better. I'm, I'm standing here and I'm looking at my Bible today and I can, I'm, I'm reading it without my glasses. That's pretty cool. Right? I'm like, what's I'm like, what's going on here? I just bought these glasses. Tracy picked them out for me. I'm like, babe, they're clear. She said they look good. You gonna wear them? I'm like, yes, ma'am. Huh? Matthew chapter eight. 
Y'all okay? All right, then. You okay if I take a little bit to, to, to close this out? Watch Now, this story, let me set it up for you. Because when you start following Jesus, one of the things that you see in his life and ministry, man, this dude was healing sick people everywhere he went. You ever notice that? And in Matthew 8, this is one of my favorite stories. This is about the centurion soldier. And a centurion, you need to get kind of, let me give you a visual of this. Because most people in, in the American culture, we don't understand what a centurion is. He is a, a commander in the Roman army. He is very skilled at what he does. If, if you've ever seen, I, I, sometimes I probably shouldn't quote as many movies as I do, but I'm still on the wheel, okay? How many of you seen the movie Gladiator? Yeah, he is the picture. Now, he was a higher rank than a centurion, but that's the picture of what a he, he would hurt you in a minute and not even blink an eye. See, they, you know, they carried a sword double-edged like we carry, well, some of us carry, you know, whatever caliber you choose to. <laughs> but a centurion, Roman soldier, they, you, you stayed out of their way. If they said jump, you said how high? And when this guy shows up to Jesus, this is the thing you've got to see. Even though he was this special forces guy, he shows up to Jesus with humility. This is the thing I love about it. Check this out. Romans, uh, Romans, Matthew 8. I just said I didn't need these and I put them on. Verse 5. Now, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, well, let me check with the Father and see if it's his will. He said, I'll come healing. And Jesus and the centurion said this, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Watch this very carefully. Now, this guy has no covenant with God. You understand he's a Roman. There is, there is no relationship there. Jesus hasn't been to the cross yet. Remember when Jesus told his disciples, you go preach the kingdom of God, you heal the sick, you raise the, what, wait, wait, what? He told his disciples to do what? Preach the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, freely you receive, freely give. He said, but don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. What's up with that? Heathen. What's a heathen? Unbeliever. No covenant. This guy, he's in that group. Has no covenant with God. But he comes to Jesus. And Jesus looks past time. You've you got to get this settled in you. Because Jesus hadn't been to the cross yet. And he looks past time. It wasn't his time yet because he told him not to go to the Gentiles. But a Gentile came to him and Jesus, looking past time, sees his faith, says, I will. And the centurion says, Lord, I know who you are. I know who I am. I'm not worthy. See, he had some revelation. I'm not worthy that you come to my house. But I am a centurion and I do know this. When I tell somebody to do something, they do it. I have people over me when they tell me to do something in the Roman army, there's no debate. We do it. He says, I understand authority. This is his point. This is Jesus's point in this story. The centurion is letting us know, Lord, I understand authority. All you, and I know who you are. All you have to do is what? Speak the word. He said, speak a word and my servant will be made whole. And then if you go on down, oh, let's see, where does he say it at? It says, I'll heal him, speak a word, bum, bum, bum. Y'all ever read like that? Yeah. And then in verse 13, because Jesus, he takes, he always takes time to teach something, you know. But then in verse 13, he says this to the centurion. As you have believed, 
let it be done to you. See, this guy, see, here's the thing, guys. I think God expects some things out of us because we have his word forever settled. We have the holy canon of scripture that has been finalized. Those guys, they didn't even have a book. They didn't have New Testament. Think about it. They didn't have New Testament stories. They didn't have Jesus stories other than the ones that they'd heard somebody talking about in the marketplace or in town somewhere. This centurion, obviously he knew the things of God because he'd been taught some of that stuff because he knew who the Messiah was. So he went to him. Why would he go to him? Because he believed something. That's what Jesus told him. As you have believed, let it be done to you. And he sent him on his way. Jesus didn't even have to go with him. Dude got healed by a spoken word. And then the church says, yeah, Kate, but that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Man, you, you, you got to get rid of that thinking. That's the enemy messing with you. So you got to get to the place where you're changing the way you think. You're believing these things. Believe, say, I believe. Everything about what I'm talking about today hinges on believing. If you're in the room today and you're believing for something in your life, whether it's healing, whether it's a need being met, whatever it might be, don't unhook. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He says if you come to God and you ask, ask in faith with no doubting, no wavering. That's what Romans 4 teaches us with the life of Abraham. Bible says that Abraham would not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He got his mind made up. God said it. Now, it took a long time for Isaac to show up, but God said it. God said it. Matter of fact, God helped Abraham with his life. He said, Abraham, or his name was Abram. He said, I'm going to change your name so that you say what I said about you. And he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, father of the multitudes. And so every time Abraham showed up, he introduced to all his new friends, hey guys, God told me to change my name. What if I come in here next Sunday, hey y'all, God told me to change, change my name. Huh? Abraham, you don't have any kids. God said, I'm father of multitudes. Huh? Yeah, but Sarah's 90 years old. God said, I know y'all get... Listen, nobody at 90s is having kids. You know what's crazy about Abraham when God called him that? You, Sarah eventually goes on to be with the Lord. My man's 100 years old, gets a new wife. More kids. You know, you don't just get those at Walmart. Huh? He's 100. And Romans 4, looking back at Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham grew stronger in his faith, becoming fully persuaded that what God said he would do, he was well able to do, and he would not waver at the promise through unbelief. He wouldn't look at it. He said he wouldn't even consider his situation. He wouldn't think about that. He, all he would think about, all he would talk about, God said, matter of fact, my name is Abraham. He called himself what God called him. Make this your declaration today. Find out what God has already spoken over you. Spend enough time in it till the revelation begins to settle in your spirit and there's transformation in your soul and then you begin to say what you believe. Not just something that you read about or heard, you believe, amen? And whatever it is that you're dealing with today, in the name of Jesus, let this word resonate in your soul today. I choose to believe God. God said, I am, and then you fill it in. You go find scriptures and put your name there. You begin to speak the word of God over your life. Why? Because according to Romans, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That word saved in the Greek is the word sozo, delivered, healed, prospered, protected, highly favored, blessed, so many things in that word. 
it all starts with believing. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, step one, you gotta belong to Jesus. So if you're listening, maybe you're watching or listening somewhere, stop what you're doing for a second. Let's take a step of faith. Let this word resonate in your soul today. Give Jesus a chance in your life. I'm not talking about some religious idea. I'm talking about a completely new way of living, a life of faith that you believe the things that God said over you. And according to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, you're not shaken by the circumstances. We believe and therefore we speak what God says. I'm going to say what God says about my life. You say what God says about your life. But it starts with this first belief. Jesus came to the planet. He died for you. He rose from the grave. And he's alive today. You believe it and then you confess it and your new life with Jesus begins. Let that start today for you. If you're in the room, if you're listening or watching, say this prayer with us. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Church, let's help you. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're here and you said that prayer, stop by our information desk. We just want to bless you with a little gift, get you on your way, your journey of faith. The rest of you guys, listen, I'm going to tell you something. This talk, I know it seems a little radical, but I want to encourage you with something. I want you to take parts of this and set up camp with it and begin to meditate it and then start exercising it. And you watch. You watch how God will start moving in your life. Line up online. See, everything about the kingdom, it, it's, it's as this man sows a seed. I know this is part three. I can't get into it today, but I'll preach another sermon. But you have to start. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Man, good to see you all today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.